Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's time to get outside. This is KSL Outdoors, brought to you by Trax Power Sports. Two hours of stories and information on hunting, fishing, and high adventure. Our host is Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Hello there. Welcome to another uh, brand new day here as we get together for a live, uh, almost live, uh, morning edition of KSL Outdoors Radio. We're rec- recording this program as live. On uh, Wednesday this week, because we're sneaking out of town for the weekend like we have been for the past few years uh, to Steamboat to do a little skiing. But uh, nice to have you. we got a lot to get covered over the next few hours, including a conversation with our big game coordinator, Dax Mangus. Wanted to talk today about um, making sure you have control of your pets, specifically your dogs. I don't know anybody that takes their cats out for a long walk in the backcountry. Uh, but make sure that your dogs are safe and that the uh, wildlife, the, particularly the big game, that are so stressed because of the amazing uh, winter that we've had, don't get extra stress caused by being chased or, quote-unquote, played with by little Billy. Uh, so look forward to that conversation to start the next hour. With me this morning, Mike Namadowskis back, Navi, in the, the midst of his retirement, which is sometimes a challenge to catch up to, but he, we're, we're lucky he's on an off day today on the ski. How many days now? Um, I have been retired um, one month and one day. But how many ski days? Oh, we're we're at 34 ski days, so it'll be 35 when I ski tomorrow. Yeah. Um, let me tell you, Tim, the hardest thing about retirement is just keeping the days straight. I don't know what <laughs> Like, oh, is it radio today? I didn't even know it was Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah, yeah it's something I dream about, you know, pulling the uh, plug on the um – uh, alarm clock altogether and not really caring or knowing what day of the week it is. Unless I've got a plane that I have to catch to go somewhere. Uh, those are those are dream times, so good for you. You know what? At night I say to my wife, I go, hey, baby, guess what? She's what? I go, we don't have to work tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Becky did that for a full two years, you'll remember, every time we got together. Hey, did I tell you? I'm yeah. retired. Um, she finally got over that. Well, we decided, I told Becky to stop trying to talk about you retiring because we just realized you're not going to, so just let it go. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I will, just not in your time. Uh, Bob Grove is also with us a little bit early today, going to be riding shotgun uh, from down in southern Utah where they got a little pasting of white. Was that, well, today's Wednesday. Was that yesterday, Valentine's Day? Yeah, it was a full-out blizzard. I mean, 30-mile-an-hour uh, winds and sideways snow <laughs> and that snow's co- the roads covered with snow it was i thought i landed back in salt lake what happened here <laughs> i think i read that beaver got uh was it eight inches from that storm as it passed through because it came uh from the south yes it did yeah 
Yeah, yeah it was a fast moving storm, but I, I it it really uh, blew in with a vengeance. Speaking of skiing, we're going to be talking with Jared Winkler later this morning uh, at Brighton. Get a little mid-season report on what's going on there. The reason, one of the reasons I wanted to talk to Jared, and I hope he's okay with us talking about this, some other friends of ours uh, were in town for a little while. We're going to do some skiing up at Brighton. They had Icon passes. Uh, they had made their Icon reservations, but did not make their reservations, Navi, for the parking. And they got all the way up there, and there was no place to park. Yeah, that's so they, the thing. They turned around and came back down. There's a lot that people need to know because you think you've covered all your bases to be on the mountain and then find out you can't get there. Parking is a problem everywhere. You know, like I ski Park City more than I don't, and let me tell you, it decides where people ski based on the free parking. Yeah. Uh, th- that's why there's conversations about some efforts to put in uh, more parking structures or find some kind of better transportation, the whole gondola conversation that's taking place. Not just up Little Cottonwood, but you may have noticed in the news, when was it, several weeks ago, that Park City's now talking about the possibility of a gondola. I don't know where it would begin or end, but try and uh, find a way to keep people from having to all funnel into the uh, downtown Park City area. You know, I don't even have to listen to Park City's argument. I'm for it. I'm for it. I'm for it. And by the way, if you visit Switzerland, the whole country gets around on gondolas, and it's beautiful, and it's the way to do it. No roads, gondolas. Your son would say, but this is not Switzerland, Dad. Yeah, but, you know, he hasn't been there, so he he doesn't know. (laughs) All right. Uh, As long as we're talking about skiing, let's just go with this. There was a a study that was out, uh, was it yesterday, day before? It doesn't matter where they were talking about the uh, top resort ski resorts in North America. Park City, speaking of your one of your favorite spots, uh, Navi, was number three on the list, but it was who Park City finished behind that had me wondering. Uh, f- was it first or second? One of the top two was um, Whistler, which right. we've been there, and it's right. a Right, that makes perfect sense. It's no amazing. problem with that one. Number two was Jackson Hole. No, that doesn't bother me at all either. Really? Yeah, but Jackson is phenomenal. Look, when you're talking about extreme mountain that's inbounds, you're talking Snowbird, and number two is Jackson. Just for vertical sake. Yeah, for everything. I mean, yeah, Jackson is amazing ski it, It's just a great yes. It's great up there. Bob, you know Jackson. Jackson. Where, you know Jackson whole well. I know Jackson very well. Jackson is where the the expert skiers want to go. Right. They want to go into Corbett's Couleur. They want to they want to really hit those slopes. You know, if you go to the top on the tram, it's got what over 4100 foot vertical and it's it's where uh you know, when I'm on the slopes there, I'm I'm running into a lot of skiers from back east. That draws a lot of folks from yeah, back Jackson's east. Yeah, you know, Jackson's the place. Yeah. By the way, your list is good, Tim. I was ready to hear some knucklehead right. opinion, but no. Jackson Hole surprised me on there, but with Bob with us, uh, you used to do some of their marketing, didn't you? Yeah, well, I had clients up in Jackson Hole. Uh, yeah, I've, I've most of my career has had some connection to Jackson. It's a great resort. They, they've done a great job. One of our, very, I don't know if either one of you knew uh, Billy Lukowitz. He passed away last November, but it was a very good friend of mine that, uh, represented Jackson Hole so well, and it was very sad to see him uh, leave us. But uh, anyway, that's – I thought, you know, to be honest with you, I thought you were going to mention Sun Valley. I thought Sun Valley was going to be on that no. upper no. echelon. Yeah, it's not, no, not even close. I love skiing Jackson. 
I, I I don't know that I've and maybe I skied it once with my brother when he lived there. To be honest, my memory only goes back to breakfast yesterday. But uh, is the infrastructure there? I mean, I yeah. realize the the vibe of the town would be amazing, but it's outside no. of town, isn't it? No, it, it has nothing to do with the town, Tim. It has everything to do with the mountain. And the gondola, see, that gondola they had was on, it was the same year as Snowbird, but it had the metal fatigue. And the sta- it's owned by the state. Uh, they have, like, a big holder share of that mountain or something. So they had to pass it. They had to vote to, to get a new gondola. But my point is the gondola is phenomenal, and that's some rich skiing. And like he talked about, Corbett's Couleur, that's my boy's favorite Couleur. Mm, yeah. Uh, that's a great ski resort. See, this is why I don't follow Navi everywhere he goes. Anything that says Couleur uh, worries me. I'm looking for the green and the blue. Right. <laughs> <laughs> There's there's a lot of doubles at Jackson Hole. Ugh. Yes. <laughs> you're talking about bl- double black diamonds is what you're talking yeah. about? Yeah. Yeah. Not my style, really. Uh, we've got to take a break, guys. We'll have some news of the week coming up in a minute. Oh, Bob mentioned uh, who we've got coming up in the next half hour. You connected me with Casey Lofthouse. That's right. Yeah, uh, but tell me a little background of what he does. Well, Casey, you know, I met Casey a few years ago here in Hurricane Valley. He has, among other things, a, a recovery service, you know, a tow service that goes in and recovers knuckleheads who get themselves stuck in the backcountry in their <laughs> off-road machines <laughs> and it's a thriving business and uh you know he had to deal with the snowy roads this week so he'll have some new and interesting stories but casey's a great guy this is going to be fun to have him on he's got a lot of stories all right we'll look forward we'll look forward to the conversation of course navi will also have some fish bites for us as always stay with us we'll have more of ksl outdoors radio just ahead I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, the search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. KSL Outdoors with Tim Hughes on KSL News Radio. Couple of news and notes to uh, throw out there for this week's program, and a reminder that coming up after the news on the half hour, looking forward to getting to know Casey Lofthouse with the Lofthouse Off Road Recovery down in Southern Utah. We're hoping he has some stories to tell about people just being people and uh, taking, you know, major motorhomes to places they probably shouldn't go and all of the stories and years that he's put in in uh in uh saving people and and getting machines back out of uh tough situations. I want to uh, mention and just remind everybody we had this on uh, the program last week about the Snow Goose Festival. It's coming up uh February 24th, 25th, so that's next weekend Gunnison Bend Reservoir just west of Delta. It's an, an amazing, really uh, one of those uh, National Geographic kinds of things that you only think you're going to see somewhere else, maybe in Canada or somewhere north of the border, to see this many geese all gathered in one place and then get the opportunity to watch them as they get up off of the reservoir in the afternoons or in the mornings and go out to feed in the fields and then come back and settle in. And the noise and just uh, the visual aspect of it is really something. So if you have the opportunity to go down there, <clears throat> fingers crossed that uh, the timing will be right 
because we're dealing with Mother Nature here, that uh, you'd be able to have that experience. want to remind everybody, too, again, that because of extreme cold weather and some deep snow, the Shed Antler Gathering has been closed across the state of Utah on both public and private lands. That'll uh, stay in effect through April 30th. Uh, the closure helped minimize uh, human-caused disturbance to deer and elk statewide during the coming months. And uh, the division just wanted to pass along that they appreciate everybody's cooperation with this emergency order. We're going to be talking with Dax Milne, our big game coordinator, after the news at the top of the next hour. Uh, because it's been a tough winter with the amount of snow we've had in some places that aren't used to getting this kind of snow. Uh, why you want to make sure that your dogs are kept on a leash if you're going to go play in the outdoors and that you don't put any additional stress on uh, the big game out there. And really, to, for the safety of your own pets, to make sure that uh, you know they don't get entangled with uh, big game. Because I'm telling you, it doesn't matter what your dog, what your dog happens to be as far as breed goes, uh, that's a battle they're likely to lose with uh, one of these big animals. Then there were some questions this morning, and I put this story on our uh, Facebook page, which is just KSL Outdoors Radio. People asking questions and concern, rightfully so, out at the Great Salt Lake about the thousands of birds that have died this winter. And uh, there was a guy visiting from Littleton, Colorado. He said, my youngest son was so obsessed with having to see the Great Salt Lake. Uh, he says, we got down there about every foot or two, there was a dead bird. And it's, it's just said. The um, officials here are well aware of what's going on here, and we have annual die-offs almost every year. Uh, but they're telling us they counted 15,000 to 20,000 dead wild birds that were actually birds that died probably back in September. And you might remember us talking about the um, avian flu that was going around, <clears throat> uh, avian influenza and uh, one of the quotes from the uh, DWR says the uh, salty waters keep these uh, birds that probably passed away several months ago from decomposing. And that's typical. What sets this year apart is actually the it's the first time that they've seen eared grebes die from avian influenza, which has caused really some um, some worry on the part of uh, wildlife officials, not just here, but everywhere. They're keeping a very close eye on the outbreak. And uh, say that if you see a group of five or more dead waterfowl or shorebirds, make sure and report it to the local DWR office. The division knows about uh, dozens of dead eared, uh, dead eared grebes, so try to avoid them on your next trip out there. But uh, some people were just wondering if, you know, officials, wildlife officials just were not paying attention, but that's uh, certainly not the case. All right, we've got to take a break. We want to make sure we get to the half hour, get you that news update, and then... Uh, Casey Lofthouse will join us from Off-Road Recovery. Might be a good number to have handy, certainly a website to have handy if you're going to go play in southern Utah and have any doubts, uh, you know, about whether you uh, may need some help in getting whatever machine you're driving down there out. Navi's also got some fish bites for us. We'll find out what uh, species he wants to tackle this week, and then hour number two of the program is coming up. Stay with us. I'm Dave Cauley. 
investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.